Mel's True Life Academy helps intelligent, ambitious people achieve and accomplish amazing things for the purpose of living the life they've always dreamed of. We will show you how to tap into the gifts that we all have been given. True Life Academy gives you the best possible chance of living a life full of wealth, health, love, and personal power. As a certified coach, mediator, speaker, and trainer, Clarence has the skills needed to guide you to the most amazing life you can imagine for yourself, focusing on your relationships, finances, health, and career. So join the Academy and be awakened to your true life, the life you dream of, the life that fulfills your purpose, yes, the life you were intended to live. True Life Academy starts now. Hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome back to True Life Academy. This is Clarence Caldwell, your host, your coach, and I'm here with you for the next hour. And uh, this is going to be a special show today because of the, uh, the day that it is. Now, I want you to understand that as your host this week, I'm going to be talking to you alone, and I'm going to ask you uh, to talk to me. In fact, we're going to open up the phone lines. I did send information out about that, but if you are just joining and did not get the information, uh, feel free to call us directly here for the next hour between, uh, well, for the next hour, depending on what coast you're on. It could be a different time, so I won't say what the time is. Uh, You can call us at 866-404-6519, 866-404-6519, and I will take your call. Now, The reason I'm opening the phone lines is because of what a special day it is. But before we get to the subject, uh, let me just uh, do this. One, first of all, as always, I want to make sure that uh, we stay grounded and we stay connected and we have that reference point that we're we're really building on, which is what our true life is all about. And that's what we teach here at True Life Academy. That's what we talk about. And that's what we always make sure that we cover. And that is, first of all, remain thankful. Hopefully you've lived your life that way this week. Give when you can, because giving is so important. You know, giving is a two-way street. When you give, you're actually receiving also. Um, And that's not why you're giving, but certainly if you give from the heart, that's what happens. And then thirdly, of course, because you have the power to choose, love first and then choose. And if you do those three things consistently, there is no doubt in my mind you're going to have an amazing life and you're going to make an amazing life for the people around you. So please keep that in mind and we'll remind you again. So this week, um, I want to uh, talk about what today, today's a very special day. It is Memorial Day, May 26, 2014. And we're going to uh, have some discussions about Memorial Day, the meaning of it, as well as some of our servicemen and women, the people that we know who have served, who are serving, and those who have made major sacrifices for us uh, for the protection of our freedom and uh, the protection of our great, great country. Now, before we do that, uh, I do want to remind you that you can find True Life Academy on Facebook. Uh, Please look us up there, and it just takes a second, a half a second even. Click the like button. If you click the like button, you will begin to get a lot of the information that comes out of our academy. And this is not only life-transforming type information, but very informative information about certain things that are happening uh, in the world today uh, from the perspective of uh, living your true life. You can also catch us on Twitter, at True Life Academy, 
at True Life Academy on Twitter, and you can follow us there. A lot of great information coming out of Twitter uh, more regularly there as well. So I really encourage you to like us, follow us, and uh, stay connected because I, I think you will, you will find a difference in what we do versus what you see everywhere else. In fact, uh, one of the things we talked about last week were the difference in coaching. You know, as a certified high-performance coach, I take a different approach to coaching people than, than most coaches do. And, and in fact, I did a blog on Tumblr about uh, who the, it was titled, Who the Heck Needs a Coach? A Life Coach. And so uh, I, I encourage you to go to Tumblr. You'll find me there, too, and uh, read my blog on that. It asks some pretty, uh, pretty straightforward questions because this whole thing about coaching uh, came up, it seems like, over the last few years that all of a sudden we've got life coaches everywhere. What the heck's going on? Life coaches? Who needs a life coach? Uh, and I talk about the, the life coach that I had in my life. That was my mom. My mom was my life coach. She taught me everything I needed to know to live uh, a, an amazing life, starting at a very, very young age. So because she's not here anymore as an adult, do I now need a life coach? So that's a very interesting question, and I want you to ponder that a little bit because that's what I do these days. So if, if those are the questions that come to mind when you think about coaching, uh, certainly uh, you would want to uh, have this conversation with me because I can show you and tell you the things that are different about True Life Academy. It's not your everyday uh, coaching process, which is, uh, quite frankly, it's, um, it's good for a lot of people. And when you talk about coaches with a lot of people, what happens is they'll come to you or you'll come to them and, and uh, you'll start to talk about your issues and your problems. And uh, they'll try to help you find your way to solving those problems. Uh, and that, that is needed in, in all of our lives to some degree. But my sense about that is if you really need somebody to talk to about your issues and your problems and you want, to help, uh, they, you want someone to help you uh, find certain answers to those you know, I think family and friends are really, really good at giving you advice. Uh, as a coach, even though um, they may be trained in certain things and they're very good at spontaneity and, and coming up with wise things to say, uh, I believe that a coach's job, and that's my job, is to help you become a better and more fulfilled person so that you can deal with those issues proactively. You don't wait till you have a problem and bring them to me and I help you solve them. That's living life day to day. You want to be able to live your life Full. And in order to live it full out, you've got to be ahead of that stuff. You've got to have the tools. You've got to have the skills. You've got to have the confidence. You have to have the competence to really deal with life as it presents itself to you. So I just wanted to share that with you. And if you agree with that point of view, again, find us on Facebook, True Life Academy, Clarence Caldwell's True Life Academy. Like us there. You'll get a lot more information. Also go on Twitter at True Life Academy. And you will find us there. Follow us there. And, uh, and, and again, there's more. There's, there's blogs that I have. There's Google Plus and Pinterest. And uh, there's a website, ClarenceCaldwell.com. I mean, there's all this other stuff. But let's just start with Facebook and Twitter. If you go there, it's a very uh, non-intrusive way for me to share information with you ongoing. So let's get to the subject at hand. Today, we are honoring our U.S. servicemen and women because it's Memorial Day, May 26, 2014. And as I mentioned earlier, the phone lines are open. So if you have uh, comments that you want to make about Memorial Day, if you know someone that is an active military person or 
knew someone who was in the military or you yourself were in the military. If you want to share a, a war story with us, we're, we're open to hear it. I think sharing information about our loved ones that, are, that have uh, sacrificed and, and put themselves literally in harm's way to protect our freedoms, to protect this country, I think it is so outstanding that we really, really need to uh, make make a, a point and a statement about what they mean to us. And, and I certainly hope that you take the opportunity to do that tonight with me. Um, certainly the, uh, the stories that, that come along with, with that, with military personnel are not always really great, you know, heartwarming stories. Some of them are, are challenging. We, we know some of our military personnel have, have uh, lost limbs and, and are, are handicapped as a result of giving their service, giving parts of their, themselves in service to our freedom, in service to protecting us, and in service to our country. And we need to recognize that as well. I, I'm glad that Memorial Day exists because it is such a very powerful day, and it's a day that we get to say thank you, not only thank you, but we honor you for your service. And those of you who, have, who are listening, who have uh, given of your time, whether it's a couple of years or four years or 15, 20 years of your life to the service, please know that you are more than appreciated. Uh, we honor you uh, with all that we have, and, and I would love to hear from you as well. If you're a veteran, uh, you have given time. If you're in the military today, if you're serving as we speak, would love to hear from you and your, your take on it as well. Uh, just a quick shout-out is all, we're, all we'd, uh, we'd really ask for. And if you want to tell us a long story, that's fine, too. But just say thanks, Uncle John, for the service that you, you've given to our country, and that's good enough. And um, that's, that, would be, that would go miles to let our servicemen and women know how much we appreciate them every day because we don't get a chance to think about them every day unless you have someone in your life. But a lot of us, we just go about our day without thinking about them every day, but they're doing that job every single day. So I'd love to hear what your experiences are around that. Uh, let me just uh, tell you some of uh, my own experiences. In, in fact, just moments ago on my personal profile, not, my, not the True Life Academy uh, Facebook profile, but on my personal profile, I uh, actually just changed my, <laughs> my picture uh, to show uh, myself uh, when I served several years ago. And it's, uh, it made me smile as I looked at it because uh, if you were to see me now and see me then, you would say, is that really you? Yeah, that was me. In fact, I, was, I think I, I would be considered a good-looking guy back then. Not sure that's the same today. <laughs> but uh, I, at the time, I had a, uh, a big head of hair. Today, I have no hair. Uh, so I had an afro at that time. And in the military, you had to be careful with how long you had your hair because uh, it, there were regulations about how long you could grow your hair. And because of that, my, uh, um, I had to make sure that I, I really uh, made sure that the hair was within regulations. It couldn't be touching your ears. So I had to model the afro, mold the afro up away from my ears. So if you, uh, if you go on on Facebook and go to my personal profile, you'll see that picture there. But if you're on Facebook, go to True Life Academy, like us there. Uh, so yes, my, my service was back uh, many, many years ago. I was actually at the, I served near the end of the Vietnam War. 
And uh, I will tell you a little bit about how I actually started that journey because it's, uh, it's pretty interesting and it's very telling. It's not only telling about me personally, but it's telling about what the country was going through at that time. And it's telling about even today what our youth are going through uh, when it comes to the military. So uh, when we come back uh, from the break, I'm going to give you some of that insight, not just about me, but about the state of military service in America. Uh, so hang in there. We'll, uh, we'll come back and we'll, we'll give you a, a lot more and we'll talk a little bit about our, our uh, forefathers as well and what they did for us right after the break. Talk to you soon. Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live la bella vita. More on the show and your host, check out our website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here. For Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep at the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on DougieNet.com. Welcome back to True Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. This is Clarence Caldwell here at True Life Academy, and we are talking about Memorial Day. We're actually talking about our servicemen and women and the sacrifices that they make every day for us, for our freedom, for our country. And you know what? You and I would not be able to even have this conversation this conversation if it wasn't for the, the tremendous amount of work that goes into keeping us uh, free and protected and so uh, this day, Memorial Day, is really was set out to honor those who died uh, in service of our country. But it absolutely, uh, it absolutely should be 
uh, one that's celebrated with all servicemen and women, and that's what it has evolved to over the years, which is which is critical. And I I really applaud every every serviceman and woman that that serves our country today. Uh, let me give you the call in number one more time. It's eight six six four zero four six five one nine eight six six four zero four six five one nine and call us and give a shout out to someone that you know who's in the military or had been in the military family friend uh family member or friend that sacrificed their 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 time maybe even their life uh this is a this is a time to really reflect to remember and to honor that gift that they've given us so with that say with that said we're going to uh really uh, talk about, you know, this whole thing about um, uh, how, how men and women get into serving our country, you know, and all of us have this idea about what it means to serve. And I'm just going to give you one person's opinion. I served. I served again during uh, the Vietnam era, which for those of you who are fairly young would seem like ancient, ancient times, hundreds and hundreds of years ago. Uh, and sometimes I look back, and it seems like 100 years ago. You know, I look at a picture of myself back then, and I look at myself today, and it probably was 100 years ago. Uh, but in truth, it wasn't all that long ago. In fact, the Vietnam War was one that was waged over many, many years. Uh, I believe it was over 10 years that that war lasted. And that was one of the longest wars in history. Uh, it was one of those things where the U.S. got into conflict and just could not find a, a graceful way out of it. And so during that period of time, so many men and women over the, the, the years, 19, over the 60s and early 70s, uh, got, into, um, got into the military and served our country in, the Viet, in Vietnam. In fact, during that time, and one of the things that drove me into the military was that there was a draft. Uh, there's a lot of talk about bringing the draft back, but the military is cutting back or we're cutting back on the budget. Uh, in Washington, they're talking about cutting back on military funding. So maybe the draft is not going to happen. But back then there was a draft, which meant when you reached a certain age, your number, if you were in a, a, a if you had a certain number attached to your name, you got a letter in the mail that said, greetings. That was the first line. It said, greetings. Um, and then it would go on to tell you that you've been drafted. Your number has come up and you've been drafted. Well, uh, uh, just a personal story. Uh, during that time, there was a lot of, you know, when you're young, in your teens, it's usually at 17 to 18 years old is when this thing becomes very real and there's a war going on somewhere overseas and, and you're, you're hearing about it on, on the news broadcast and, and people are talking about it and it's in the, in the papers and in the front front page of the papers every every day you know what's happening in vietnam uh this is what this was the environment that we were in back then and it almost became you know 10 years is a long time to fight any war so it almost became one of those things that was just part of what was happening um it was just another news story now there were times when things got a little bit out of control over in vietnam and and the u.s would lose several servicemen and when that would happen that would get a little bit of press. So, well, we've lost, you know, 100, 100 men in a certain battle or, or over a certain period of time, we lost 1,000 men or, or 2,000 uh, troops were lost or whatever it was. And that would get a lot of attention. 
But for the most part, it became one of those background conversations that was happening all the time. But it just be, because it was happening all the time, uh, it only flared up when there was, was some attention paid to it by certain groups. And, and during that time, uh, in the 60s primarily, that was a time where the whole hippie generation came about. And hippies were, uh, those of you who can't remember or those of you who don't know, hippies were these, these uh, teenagers primarily that didn't trust anybody over 30 years old. In fact, that was a statement, never trust anybody over 30. And there was a lot of love, free love, and people were wearing uh, psychedelic clothes and, and smoking marijuana and taking certain drugs. And, and it was all really free and fanciful. That was kind of the background culture that was taking place among young people. At that same time, many of the young people who had been drafted and moved out of that culture were moved into the military and sent overseas to now fight and kill and or be killed. And so there's a, there was this huge dichotomy taking place between what was happening in America and what was happening overseas. And quite frankly, a lot of the same people were in both places because of the age group. People were being drafted at 18, sent overseas. Uh, and, and so back home in America, what was happening was that dichotomy was, was beginning to uh, infiltrate the consciousness of the youth. It was beginning to infiltrate the minds of the young people of America because some of their friends were being sent overseas and some of them were not coming back. So now it became, okay, let's stop with this, all this free love and smoking pot and everything else. Let's get serious about what's really happening to us. We're being sent overseas to fight and kill or be killed. And so back then, there was this whole movement among young people that was protesting the war. So the war of Vietnam was being protested, and, and there were slogans all over the place, hell no, we won't go, things like that were, were just pervasive. And so you began as a young person, if you were 7, 16, 17, 18, you began to start to incorporate these ideas about war is bad, I don't want to go, I'm going to do everything I can not to go. We should stop fighting and bring our boys back home. That was what the youth of America was doing at the time. And quite frankly, a lot of older people were in that same mindset that the war was, was something we really did, needed to get out of because it had been going on for 10 years and it was time to just cut our losses and, and we were losing too many people. So I, I'm giving you all that background. So if you don't know what was happening, that was kind of the backdrop for me personally as I reached the age of 18 and got that letter in the mail that said, Mr. Caldwell, greetings. <laughs> now my number was up and I was being drafted. And at the same time, in the back of my mind, and in fact, it wasn't in the back of my mind, it was forefront of my mind was, hell no, I ain't going. It's, I don't want to go for two reasons. One, it was this whole political environment about not wanting to go fight in Vietnam and not wanting to, to be a part of that. And two, quite frankly, I was scared. There were people that were going over and not coming back. Those guys that were coming back were really, really um, impacted in many, many ways. They were either on drugs or they were screwed up in some way mentally. I saw some of my friends, older friends that went before me, came back and they were just devastated. And so seeing that as a young man, I did not want to go. 
I went as far as to talk to my, my, uh, the, the, the pastor at my church and asked him, could he write a letter, a conscientious objection letter that I, I don't believe in war, so can you write this letter to get me out of it? He refused to do that because it, you know, it wasn't really my religious belief not to fight. So I, I certainly uh, was trying to any way I could. Now, here's, here's the deal. Once I uh, went in to, uh, into the military, my mind shifted. And I will tell you this. So if, if you have a certain idea about me prior to going into the service, like ah, you didn't want to fight for your country, know this. When I got in and I started to become uh, what I was supposed to become to protect and fight for our country, things did shift for me. And I really, I was all in. I really embraced the idea of why we were there, what we were doing, what we were supposed to do. Now, politically, you know, we could still argue uh, that whether it was the right thing to be in Vietnam or not. But beyond that, beyond that specific war, there was a feeling amongst all of us within the military that we were there for a reason. We were there for a purpose. We were in the military for a purpose. We were fighting for our freedom. We were fighting for the freedom of America, for the protection of America, because uh, communism and everything else was moving uh, and taking over these smaller uh, less countries less able to protect themselves. So we knew our job was bigger than just, hey, I don't want to fight. I don't want to go over there. It was a bigger thing at stake. And so we embraced that and we became uh, what we needed to become to, to do our job uh, in the military. And I embraced that as well. Now, understand it didn't happen overnight. It didn't happen like when I got the letter, I just signed up and went on over there. In fact, uh, what I did was um, I hid out for a minute. I said, I'm not going to go. And when I had a knock on the door from uh, the military police that, that asked my mother, where is he? He's been drafted and he didn't show up. My mom said to me, once I came back home from hiding out, she says, you got to take care of this. And so I did. I went down to the Air Force recruiter. I said, I'm not going into the Army because I don't want to really hold a rifle and get in the mud and fight. So I went to the Air Force. The Air Force recruiter was out to lunch. <laughs> Across the hall was the Navy recruiter. So I went directly to the Navy recruiter and said, can you sign me up? And he did. So I ended up in the, in the Navy. Now, uh, certainly it, it protected me to some degree from having to, to crawl through the mud with a gun in my hand. But I actually ended up getting very close to the action, uh, which, we'll, which I may tell you about after the break. We're going to go into a break in a, in a few moments. But I wanted you to know that the, the youth of America, and even today, if we were to tell our youth that they had to go and fight in a war, understand the mindset of an 18-year-old having to go fight. Now, many of our youth who sign up uh, to the military today, they do it for many, many reasons. It could be for the GI Bill, could be for the education, could be for the money, whatever it is, or it could just be to protect our country. Uh, but know that everybody comes from a different place when it comes to that. And so uh, after the break, we'll talk a little bit more. I'll tell you a bit about um, my father and, and his, his escapades in the war that he fought in. So hang in, hang in with us. Call us if you uh, want a shout out. We'll be right back. Academy with certified trainer, mediator, and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. 
This is God in Country, the collision of faith and politics, hosted by nationally known speaker, Reverend Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Not your typical Rev. Dr. Sean is a proud military veteran, former law enforcement officer, and founder of the internationally regarded Executive Protection Team. Dr. Sean holds a bachelor's degree in biblical counseling and master's and doctorate degrees in theology and is currently pursuing a doctorate in ministry with a Hebrew worldview focus. Through his counseling, elite life coaching, and national speaking, This ninja pastor tells it like it is. This series is biblically and politically engaged with the pedal to the metal. Join host and author of the acclaimed yet controversial book, Excellence Killed the Church, How Mediocrity is Destroying America, Dr. Sean Michael Greener. Every Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, right here on this radio network. Congratulations on being the proud owner of an adorable, soft, cuddly, sweet-smelling, smiling, cooing, hungry, tired, gassy, screaming little bundle of joy. So now what? Where's the owner's manual for this thing? Where are my instructions? Right here. It's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Infant care specialist Blythe Lipman has worked with babies for over 20 years and works extensively with new parents providing workshops, in-home visits, tips, and daily phone calls to ease those frazzled nerves. With baby and toddler instructions, you can get the advice you need on how to survive and enjoy your baby's first year. For more information on Blythe and how she can help you, go to babyinstructions.com. From 32 ways to stop a baby from crying to 14 ways to get a baby to eat and so much more, it's baby and toddler instructions with Blythe Lipman on toginet.com. Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. We are talking about our servicemen and women as it is Memorial Day, May 26, 2014, and today's show has been dedicated to the servicemen and women that fight and serve to protect our freedom and protect our country. Uh, and I, I just, my hat goes off to them. And I absolutely uh, really applaud and honor the service that they give and have given um, over the years. And in fact, when we talk about over the years, Memorial Day was established. Um, I'm going to try to get some facts here, and I should have, uh, I did some research, but there, it started right after the Civil War. Um, it was called uh, Decorations Day initially, and it was to decorate the grave sites of those fallen uh, heroes, those fallen soldiers who fought uh, on both sides of the Civil War, uh, because that was such a, a, a huge, huge turning point in, in America and the sacrifice that these uh, men gave to, to the country, whatever their belief was, one way or the other, was a huge sacrifice. And because we're all Americans and we were all one country, it was uh, decided that all servicemen and women uh, who, who helped would be, who lost their lives during that war would be recognized 
with Decorations Day, and that eventually became Memorial Day. Um, and you know, when since that time, there was a uh, there are some statistics that are out about how many men and women have lost their lives uh, since that time, and it's been close to one million. One million. Um, I think the number is is a little bit lower than that. It's about 900. It's over 900,000. So somewhere between 900,000 and a million have lost their lives. Now, we're just talking about those who have died. Uh, When you think about the sacrifices that men and women make every day in in our armed forces, it's not just losing their lives. Many of them, their lives have been lost a different way. They have been changed forever because of PTSD, uh, what they used to call back in World War II, being shell-shocked. Uh, the, the, the psychological impact that fighting in a war has on an individual is still being studied today. And it has profound impact, not only on that individual, but on the people that they know, the people that they love, their families, and the people around them. And so uh, it, it is very, very important to know, even though there were 900,000 people who have died in, as, a, as a result of war uh, serving this country, Americans, since, uh, since uh, Decorations Day or Memorial Day was, had begun, uh, there are so many more. And I, you know, suffice it to say, at least that many more, if not more, whose lives have been lost a different way. Uh, through psychological trauma, uh, or they've lost a limb, an arm, a leg, or paralyzed, or any number of injuries that have changed their lives completely. So I, I just want to make sure that we're not just honoring those who have literally lost their lives, but those whose lives have been changed, <clears throat> excuse me, changed forever. Uh, and if I do the uh, quick math on that, as I, as I talk to you, that 900,000, let's just take the low end, 900,000. There were more than 900,000, uh, close to a million. But let's say 900,000 is the number. Uh, that was, uh, let's, say let's say, 150 years ago when they started that count. That is 6,000, 6,000 servicemen and women who die every year. Now, there are some years where not that many die, and there are some years where Many more than that die, but on average, 6,000 every year. That's an incredible number of those serving our country that die serving our country. We're not talking about those who have just died. We're talking about those who have died while serving our country. 6,000 a year. Now, is that a sacrifice? If you don't believe that's a sacrifice, then, then you don't know what sacrifice is because that not only affects that individual but the people they leave behind, the children of, of those fathers and mothers, the wives and husbands of those military folks, um, all impacted by the loss of that loved one. And um, um, as, you, as you see on the news throughout the day today, there, there are people visiting those, those grave sites at uh, Arlington Cemetery and other places that, that really... Um, it really hits home when you see a mother and her son sitting at a, at the gravesite of of the son's father, and the son is too young to really, really understand what's going on, and she's trying to explain it to him. Ah, that absolutely tugs at 
at your heart. Um, so the other, the other thing is that even though these people who die may not be in a war overseas somewhere, there are so many that die right here in America, right here on our home soil due to accidents and other, other things during training, trying to become the best so that they're prepared to go overseas. There's so many that die here as well. Um, and, and this show wasn't really meant to be a downer in that, that regard, but it needs to be a voice of reality because the reality of it is that these men and women truly, truly sacrifice for our freedom. The fact that I can sit here and talk to you Talk to the world. This is on the Internet. So my voice is being heard in Australia. It's being heard in, in London. It's being heard overseas in, 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 uh, in countries all over the world. You have access to hearing what I have to say. How is that possible? Well, technology makes it possible, obviously. But the fact that I have the freedom to do that is amazing to me when you know there are countries that would not allow that, that would actually literally shut down the Internet if people started doing this. And I'm not saying anything that's too egregious or too out, outlandish, but I am just speaking from my heart. I'm speaking my mind. And because uh, we have the freedom to do that, I'm allowed to sit here and talk to you today. So I hope you appreciate the freedoms that you have. I hope you appreciate uh, the, the sacrifice that these men and women are making every day. And that's why I've dedicated this show to, to honoring them, to talking about them. And I would love to hear what you might have to say as well. Again, if you're listening live, the number is 866-404-6519. And I'd love to hear a shout out from you. Just say uh, uh, whatever it is that you want to say in honor and remembrance uh, of our uh, past and present service men and women. I think it's so important that we recognize it. Um, the, uh, what I wanted to share with you also, from a personal note, um, was you know, not only did I serve in the military, but my, uh, my father served. Uh, my father, his name was Clarence, <coughs> excuse me, Clarence Caldwell also. So I am his junior, and I actually found, he is, he's no longer with us, but I found a, um, a document it was actually, I'll call it a yearbook, for lack of a better term. Um, I have one for myself when I served. It is, uh, where did I place it? It is a book that uh, really goes through all the pictures and comments and uh, information about the servicemen and women that I served with when I served on uh, the USS Constellation, which was an aircraft carrier. And on that aircraft carrier... That there were 5,500 5, men on that aircraft carrier, and we went over to uh, the the uh, West, Western Pacific. We called it Westpac. We did a Westpac cruise. Actually, I've done two. Maybe, well, is it three of them? <laughs> it's been. It has been a long time. I've been over there a few times, uh, where we actually uh, engaged with uh, with the quote unquote enemy during the Vietnam era to, to protect our troops that were on the ground. On an aircraft carrier, we would send planes over. We would launch planes off the aircraft carrier. They would fly over and uh, bomb certain targets and uh, help our men that were on the ground fly, fighting for our freedom. 
Um, so I was on that aircraft carrier for four years, uh, and it was uh, it was quite the experience traveling the world um, on that ship and seeing all the things that that I saw. So I, w- I won't go into that in any detail, but there is a tremendous amount of information about what happens while you're over there. Uh, but we had this this uh, I'll call it a yearbook that was put together uh, that showed all of the men, the company uh, called the residents on the on the ship, we call them ship's company, and all of the squadrons that came in to join ship's company on the ship to to go overseas and send the airplanes over and come back. And when we got back to the U.S., that's when ship's company would remain with the ship and the squadrons would go back to their bases. Uh, so there were there were Marines, uh, there were Navy fighters and Navy pilots, as well as ship's company. The sailors that were a part of the deployment. Uh, well, my father also served uh, back in, I'll call it World War II, actually. In fact, I have a copy of his yearbook, and it's dated 1945. And it's very interesting. We'll talk a little bit about that here shortly. Uh, the very, the different, I'll call it the different military that existed in 1945 then existed in 1973 when my yearbook was produced, and I imagine it's different today as well. And so it would be interesting to hear about some of those differences if some of you are aware of, of the military and how it operates today once you hear the stories about how it operated in 1945, how it operated during my era in the early 70s, and I would love to hear your take on how it operates today in the, in the uh, uh, 21st century. So uh, with that, we'll, uh, we'll, uh, we'll share that with you when we come back. Uh, also, when we come back, um, what I'll do is um, I'm going to share with you uh, something. I'll, I'll always leave you with something. I'm going to give you a gift about something that's important to your life. Uh, so we'll wrap this thing up. Uh, we'll talk about the military, but we'll wrap it up with something very powerful for you to take with you relative to your personal life and what, what we call potential that you might have within you. So um, after the break, uh, stick with us. We'll go over what I see the differences between the military and we'll talk about your potential. Academy with certified mediator and life coach Clarence Caldwell returns after this short break. Get ready to live la bella vita with Dawn Catherine on Toginet.com. Live la bella vita. If you're wanting to know all the beauty tricks of the trade and the latest fashion trends before everyone else, this is your show. If you admire celebrities' beauty and their fashion sense, this is your show. Do you love wine and want to know more about the process it takes to make wine from the vine to the bottle? This is your show. Live La Bella Vita. For more 
on the show and your host, check out her website, labellavitacosmetico.com. This is the kind of show you can sink your teeth into. If you enjoy traveling and food and family, all with an Italian flair, then you can live La Bella Vita with your host, Dawn Catherine. Wednesday nights at midnight, 11 p.m. Central, on toginet.com. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep into topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world, and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, trishagoyer.com. That's T-R-I-C-I-A-G-O-Y-E-R.com. Trisha's vision is to be the voice of hope and possibility for women of all ages. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Living inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Life Academy, your source for developing the skills and motivation to create an amazing life of purpose and fulfillment. With more transformational keys for success, here is your host, Clarence Caldwell. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. This is Memorial Day 2014, and we are talking about our honored and our beloved servicemen and women uh, in respect for those who have served and and have sacrificed their lives and those who are serving today. Uh, we have those who have served and not only sacrificed their lives, but they're uh, maybe uh, uh, have been injured in some way. And uh, that, that has changed their life. So it's a sacrifice of their life as well. And uh, we want to give honor to that sacrifice. I know many, uh, many of you who who are listening may have also uh, been a part of it and know someone who has uh, been in the military, and it's a sacrifice all the way around time and family and even physically and even mentally. Uh, those who have come back with uh, uh, challenges psychologically that, that have changed their lives. So that's why we're talking about it today. Um, but I want to I also... Um, give you some really, really good information that we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but I want to remind you again that you can find us, True Life Academy, on Twitter, which is at True Life Academy. Please follow us there. Or you can like us. It takes half a second to press the like button uh, on Facebook, which is uh, Clarence Caldwell's True Life Academy. Simple to do. Please do it. Uh, that way you can stay in touch with this great, great information that we share with you um, every week. In fact, on those sites and the social media sites, we share information every day. And so I encourage that you uh, become a part of the academy. Um, the, um, the interesting thing about sharing that information with you every day is that uh, I get comments quite often uh, from people who say, you know what, that one thing that you shared really, really helped me. And sometimes it's not something that I would normally even think about, but I do it from the heart. So once I share from the heart, I know it's going to impact somebody. 
And, and that gives me all the joy. I mean, you know, I believe, I absolutely believe that every one of us, every one of us has gifts and powers within us to choose the life that we want to become. Whatever we want to become, we can choose that. And uh, my job and my passion and my purpose is to help people do that. And that's why I'm here. So know that you can count on me to be there for you. Know that you can count on me to be here uh, to help you through that, to assist you in becoming anything that you want to become. I know it to be true because I see it happen every day with people. And I've seen it happen with myself as well. I've experienced it. So I know it to be true. It's more than a belief. Beyond belief. <laughs> so uh, I just want to share that with you. So follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. And you'll get more of that on a daily basis from us. And I think you will really enjoy the content that we have to share with you. Um, so one of the things that uh, I did want to uh, talk to you just briefly about before I go into this, this issue of potential uh, that I think is a very, very uh, high value thing to, for you to think about. Uh, I talked about my father serving in World War II, and I have his yearbook right here in front of me. He was with the 372nd Infantry Regiment. Uh, and in 1945, when I look at the 372nd Infantry Regiment yearbook, it has many, many pages in it. Um, he was a member of Company 1 from that, from that regiment. Now, this book has about 90 pages of very small pictures, so there's a lot of guys in that book, uh, in, that, in that company. And uh, in this book, there's just, it looks like hundreds, hundreds that are in different, in, in that regiment, Company F, Company G. He was a part of Company 1. So, uh, but the interesting thing about, as I leaf through this book, what I found very interesting was that uh, everyone in the book even the, the uh, officers that were here were all African-American. And so it made, me, it made me think about what the military was like in 1945 to have only the companies made up of only African-Americans and even the leadership within, that comp within those uh, companies, within that regiment. Uh, the, the highest ranking uh, person in each company was a captain. And then they had... Uh, a series of maybe five or six lieutenants underneath them. And then, of course, the lieutenants had sergeants and, and, and the like underneath them. So each company had this same military structure as any, any military company would have, any regiment would have. But these several hundred uh, people within this regiment uh, were all African-Americans. And to, to just see these pictures are, are pretty outstanding, and, and it just blew me away. Because when I joined the military... In the 70s, that segregation did not exist. We were all together. We had, we had uh, white, black, Asian, Hispanic, every nationality. As long as you were a U.S. citizen, you were going to serve. Uh, and, it, and it really made me think about the transition. It made me think about the, the, the things that have happened over the years, starting back in the Civil War. Now, I had a conversation with someone not too long ago about um, the blacks that fought in the Civil War, and there were blacks on both sides. And so I had tried to reconcile what was really happening that a, 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 an African-American or a black at that point would fight for um, the side that was trying to retain slavery. And, and so I'm going to do a little more digging on that one because part of me thinks that uh, they were not really fighting because they chose to fight, 
but I don't want to say that without doing some homework. So I don't want to taint this conversation with that. But it was interesting to to note that um, that there was there was African American, there was blacks fighting on both sides of the Civil War, and that in World War II, that the segregation keeping the blacks and whites separate in their regiments and in their companies was just the way culture was at that time in America. So it, it just permeated into the military. But I believe that the military actually changed before the rest of the country changed in terms of really breaking the bond, breaking the, the, the wall down because it, w- it became very obvious that when you're fighting in a war, we're just one nation. You know what? We're fighting for the same country. We're fighting under the one flag and everybody needs everybody else if we're going to do this right, if we're going to win. So I think a lot of that got broken down uh, in our culture as a result of the, the, the shining light that the military sh- uh, put on the whole issue of segregation. Um, so I thought that was very interesting. And in, in the 70s when I served, none of that existed. Yeah, you had the odd person or people, just as you do today, who have segregationist views and ideas. But the way the structure was put in place did not carry that over. So that was amazing to me. And it was so, um, it was so, it's such a good feeling to know that. And so I would really love to hear how it is in the military today, not necessarily around race relations, but just around the culture of the military today. So um, I would, would have really loved to have heard from someone calling in to tell us about that piece of it. Now, in the, in the short time we have left, um, because we had talked all the whole show about our military uh, friends and our servicemen and women, uh, I did not want to end the show uh, in the next uh, five to eight minutes without you really getting something that you could take away. And you know, part of the part of my goal every week is to give you something that you can use in your life every day and that is useful to you. Now, I talked early on in this show about coaching and about how different life coaches operate and uh, whether or not you, uh, you have a coach that just helps you through day-to-day problems or someone who can really help transform your life into one that's more proactive so that you're able to deal with problems, whatever they are, in a very powerful way. And that's the level of coaching that, that we do at True Life Academy. So I just want, as you, if you decide that you want uh, some assistance in your life, getting to the, the things that you want. Keep that in mind as you go out and seek that advice or seek that help from others. If you just want advice on a certain problem, you know, call a friend, call a family member. I'm sure they've got lots of advice to give you. All right, so the last thing I'm going to share with you is this issue of potential. When we say a person has potential, what I usually hear um, is someone that says, hey, you know, you've got a lot of potential. And people take that as a compliment. Well, I don't take it as a compliment. And here's why. Because potential is good. Don't get me wrong. But potential is just that. Potential is, is a power, an energy, an ability, a capability that's not being used. That's what that means to me. So if someone says, Clarence, you've got a lot of potential, I'll get a little upset because that means I'm not using it. Something's wrong. Take, take your batteries. You know, as a, as a background in electrical engineering, you know, I, I relate to batteries and, and electronics a lot. 
if your battery, if you have a nine volt battery, you know what a nine volt battery looks like? It's a little square battery with two prongs on one end of it. Nine volts, that's the potential. The volt, it's rated in voltage and it has a potential of nine volts. They call it potential in, in engineering. This potential is useless unless you plug it in. It just sits there unless you plug it in. In fact, if it sits there too long, it will begin to lose part of its potential. So I offer to you, if you ever hear anybody say, man, you've got potential, don't take it as a compliment. Take it as a, as, as a challenge to plug your potential in to an action. Plug it into the right place. You can't plug a 9-volt battery into a flashlight. So be clear about where you're supposed to plug it in. Get clear on your purpose and plug that potential in so it can light up the flashlight, so it can start the car, so it can turn on the radio, whatever that potential is meant to do. So I want to leave you with that. So please, please, uh, if you hear that you've got a lot of potential, eh, it's okay. But don't take it as a compliment. Take it as a challenge. I offer that to you. Uh, because if you don't use it, you're going to lose it over time. Uh, and you gain potential as you learn more, as you read more, as you study more. And, you know, as two-year-olds, we didn't have a lot of potential. But once we got through kindergarten, we had more potential. Once we got through grade school, because we knew more, we were wiser, we got more potential. So continue to build your potential, but also plug it in. Plug it into the right place. And, and I know that it will make a difference in your life if you look at it that way. So in closing, as always, I want to just, again, thank you for listening. Thank you for being a part of True Life Academy. I absolutely appreciate you. We have so many likes on Facebook right now, and, I'm big, and, I, and I just really, really thank you for that. So as always, live your life in gratitude. Be thankful. Remain thankful in everything. Give when you can. Giving is a two-way street. When you give, you also receive. And lastly, because you have a choice, you have the power to choose, love first and then choose. Make yourself an amazing week. We'll talk to you again. Thank you for joining us on today's True Life Academy. Certified coach, trainer, and motivational speaker, Clarence Caldwell, returns next week at this same time to share his keys to success to help you achieve the life you dream of. Yes, the life you were in.